Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Hello, lovely listeners. This is Dr. Mary from Real Life Medicine here, joined as ever by the fabulous Dr. Lucy. How are you, Dr. Lucy? I am calm and restful this week. That's very topical to today's topic. I know. Well, it was funny after, I mean, meditation is a practice that I struggle a little bit with consistency. And after last week's episode where I said, right, I'm running off, not running because that's not very (laughs) mindful, but, you know, going to, and so I did a little commitment to myself that I would practice it more regularly and I've managed to do it every day this week. So yeah, I feel really, really good. That's amazing. Every day this week is a fantastic result to a new commitment. Good job. Well, do you know, the key was actually just to make sure that I didn't didn't put too much pressure on myself by saying I'm going to do it for, you know, half an hour or something. I actually just committed to five minutes a day. So some days were five and some days were 10 and I had one day of a 15. Yeah, that's good. I Yeah, I don't meditate for an hour a day. Sometimes I kind of would like to and I know people who do, but I, I usually manage five minutes. Sometimes it's in my lunch break. Sometimes it's in the car park and... I do meditation in bed as well before I fall asleep for a few minutes, which helps as well. That's enormously beneficial to my life. Um, that seems to be enough for me to mostly, mostly keep the harmful effects of stress at bay. Absolutely. What what I find is in order to develop some sort of consistency, I do have to tether it to something um, because it's really fascinating. My brain, when I go oh, maybe I should go and meditate. My brain goes, no, no, you're too busy. Don't do that. You've got way, way more important things to be doing. But yes, when you, when you tether a new habit, you want, you want a new habit you want to develop and you tether it to a time and a place, we are much more likely to do it. If you, sort of, you schedule it and tether it to something else and also sort of in your mind and in your schedule put where you're going to do it, where and when, we are far more likely to stick to it. But why? Why are we talking about meditation right now, Lucy? What is today's well, topic all about? So today's topic is really, I guess, part of our complicated basics, which we discussed last week about stress and the physiological responses and part of, you know, how can you improve your your body's response to stress. And we talked a little bit about how for a lot of us, our stress is actually when we ruminate in the past or we ruminate or we worry about the future, particularly about things that actually are outside of our control, either both in the past or in the, in the future, and that for a lot of us, we don't spend that much time living in the present where there is no acute danger. Because remembering from last week, our brain doesn't know the difference between danger that's imagined in our head or thought about in our head or threats that are thought about in our head versus the actual immediate threat of a bear standing in front of us. It doesn't know the difference. And when that, as we discussed last week, it's that the chronic activation of our stress pathway that is so damaging to our health. And something we can all do to really improve our resilience to the unavoidable stressors of life is active relaxation or meditation or mindfulness. I kind of put all three together. Absolutely. And I think it's really important just to clarify the idea that relaxation 
again, you know, this is where these funny terms that come into our, our vernacular are different when we're talking about a medical relaxation. So relaxation is, you know, is not sitting in front of the telly watching Netflix or something, which I, I very much like to do. Has value. But that is not... That's not medical relaxation. No, I I like the term active relaxation. So you've got, you know, relaxation, just, you know, go have a bath, uh, lie on the couch and watch Netflix. That's not a bad thing to do. Go read a book. They're all good things to do. They definitely are. Rest is helpful. But what we are talking about is far deeper than that. It's active relaxation where we actively stimulate the relaxation pathway in our autonomic nervous system is when we're and this is how we counteract the damaging effects of stress exactly so stress we talked about is is the fright and flight it's the activation of something called our sympathetic nervous system which is part of our autonomic so again autonomic is sort of outside your control like as in voluntary control and then the balance the counter to that is the parasympathetic nervous system often called the rest and digest pathway. And we don't spend much time talking about that in general. And it's so super important to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So, Mez, how do we do that? Yeah, so a really simple and profound way to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest pathway, is through meditation or mindfulness or mindful meditation, there are a few ways to do it. And many of you would have already experienced this, I'm sure, even if you're not, um, if, you know, if you had a yoga class and at the end of the yoga class, you know, you, you do a meditation and you feel that lovely sense of, of well-being, of, of relaxation, that's your relaxation response. For any of you who've done meditation and you, you get this lovely sense of calm that flows through you, that is your relaxation response. And you can learn to activate your relaxation response, which is, you know, activate your parasympathetic nervous system through meditation. You know, it might not sound like a likely subject of scientific investigation, but the effects of meditation have been thoroughly documented in scientific literature and it really makes an enormous difference. So how you do it? Well, well, practically, there's a few ways to do it and you can usually sit down, find a comfortable position and focus on your breathing is a good way to do it, to just gently focus and refocus on your breathing. And what will happen when you sit down to do this, because our brains are thinking machines and because, you know, we, we might be stuck in ruminating about the past and stressing about the future mode, is that you sit down to concentrate on your breathing, but then your mind starts flying off to that embarrassing thing that happened in high school or to that merging deadline you've got at work. And that's normal and natural. You just need to gently notice that and then bring your mind back to your breathing. And then your mind will fly off again in some odd direction. You notice it gently and kindly and you bring it back again. And you just do this little dance with your body. Another way that people can visualize that is to sit down to focus on their breathing. And whenever a thought pops into their head, just say the words release and just let the thought go and then another thought will pop into your head and you just release it and let it go and then another thought will pop in and you release it and let it go and you just do this little dance with your body and two things are really happening here you're training your mind 
to come back to the present. So every time a little thought pops into your head uh, about the future, the past or whatever, and you bring it back to what's happening right now, i.e. your breathing, you're like strengthening those little mental muscles that can bring you back into the present. And you will be activating your relaxation pathway. And the thing with, with meditation is you, people can find that they can, they can relax a little bit, like you might relax like one out of 10 and still actually find that you're still quite agitated during your relaxation practice, or you could get deeply relaxed. You know, you could relax all the way to 10 out of 10 and, and f- experience the full gamut of the relaxation response, which I'll go through the physiology of that in a minute. But even just that one out of 10, even when you kind of think, oh, this is useless, I didn't achieve very much, you actually do. Any activation of your parasympathetic nervous system is good because it will all work towards countering the damaging effects of chronically activating the sympathetic or the stress pathway. And so you can't stuff it up. That's an important thing that I always tell people. People come to me, I can't meditate, I can't do it. I'm like, actually, you can't do it wrong. Like whatever meditation practice you get is the meditation practice that you get and it is all good. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of people... You know, the expectation is that you're going to be sitting cross-legged with your hands, you know, positioned on your knees and be in this state of bliss after the first one. But it doesn't work like that because, again, as as you discussed, Mez, the brain is a thinking machine. It wants to think about stuff. So it, it has often at the start, you know, it'll go, right, I don't want to do this. I'm too busy thinking. I don't want to be focused. You know, it has a little tantrum. And um, if you anticipate that, then I think that leads a long way to the ongoing practice because you you know what's going to happen. And the training, if you like, is, is the bringing it back. So in fact, the more active your brain is, the better your training is because you've had dozens of opportunities during that five minutes to keep bringing it back to the breathing. Absolutely. It's, it's that little mental dance that you do that where most of the benefit lies but you know that's just one way and I like to talk about mindful breathing because it's accessible to everybody and you know we'll we'll come back to you know why the breath is such a good thing to focus on later Uh, but it's not the only way that really really useful tools are guided meditations Lucy and I you and I we we're trained in medical hypnosis we we do long hypnosis sessions with our clients. We do pre-recorded meditations and hypnoses that we give out. And listening to a guided meditation can be a really accessible way to guide you into that relaxation response because uh, it gives your mind something to focus on. And it is for a lot of people easier to avoid that, the rumination and the worrying when you can bring your mind back to an audio recording. Absolutely. And mm. Also, physical relaxation is a fantastic way to induce mental relaxation. So progressive muscular relaxation is a practice where you just um, you sequentially relax all the main muscle groups of your body. You relax the muscles of your feet, let them be loose, feel the relaxation all through your feet and then work your way up through your legs, all the way through your abdomen, your hands. And that is a powerful way to induce a relaxation response as well. And we'll all have our own little preferences. You know, some people will like some things and other people won't. Ah, oh, absolutely. And it's really interesting when you do draw your attention to different parts of your body, you will realize that you are holding tension that you weren't aware of. So for some people, that tension is held in their jaw and it's they spend their time with clenched teeth. 
And this, I mean, this causes all sorts of problems for, with dental pain and um, jaw pain. Headaches. Yeah, headaches. It's only when you actually focus on it, you go, oh, I am holding my teeth clenched. I hadn't even realised. We will do it with our shoulders where we hold our shoulders tightly. And interestingly enough, for lots of women, pelvic pain is caused by the clenching of your pelvic floor muscles, which just goes on and we're unaware of it. So spending that time relaxing, actively relaxing parts of your body is super. It's like it's a wonderful technique. Mm. The thing about relaxation responses is that we can all do it. We can all do it. I mean, obviously the times when we're currently in in acute situations of stress, like when we're being chased by a bear or when we're really, really, really hypervigilant and stressed for some reason, it's probably not the best time to start a meditation practice, but we can all do it. In my hypnotherapy practice as a GP, I will get people who've never done meditation before, actually might be quite sceptical, or they've tried meditation twice and they, they couldn't sort of transport themselves into a Dalai Lama like blissful nirvana so they assumed that that they're useless at it and they never tried again all of these common stories I hear but when I get them to lie down and when we we do the progressive muscle relaxation and we do all the hypnotic induction they all relax and usually with when you've got someone skilled guiding you you actually relax very very deeply is nearly always what happens and they experience a very deep very profound relaxation response and a lot of you have probably gone out and got a massage at some point in time and you feel really nice and relaxed during the massage that is your relaxation response being activated most likely through the muscular relaxation and the masseuse working out all that muscular tension that you probably didn't even know you were holding and sort of touch and all of these other things that can induce a lovely relaxation response so most of us actually do know what this feels like So physiologically, what is going on in this relaxation response? Basically, it's kind of the opposite of everything we talked about last week with the acute stress response. So the acute stress response is our fight or flight pathway of our autonomic nervous system. And the relaxation response is our rest and digest part of our autonomic nervous system. We're actually designed to be in rest and digest most of the time and then to have our lives punctuated with short, sharp periods of stress, which is okay when they happen. We survive and navigate those, but then we're supposed to go back into rest and digest. And it's when we don't do that that our health is so adversely affected. Closing the loop. That's right. That's right. So when we're in this relaxation response, our blood pressure is lowered, uh, all the harmful effects of stress are sort of reversed. So our cortisol levels go down and we've got normal blood sugar metabolism can return our heart rate goes down our oxygen levels go down our brain becomes our emotional brain becomes much less hypervigilant and, and and calmer our emotional brain and our thinking brain to use super simplistic terms become better integrated and start to communicate with each other much better we like to call that our parent brain sort of the frontal cortex starts to become more in control and in charge so we can make better decisions the digestion part of the rest and digest so we get um, significant improvements in our digestion it increases the vagal tone so our brain starts to increase its output through the vagus nerve that that sends nerve signals and innovates the gut which 
then allows the gut to function properly and sends signals to our gut microbiome, amazingly, who then also sends signals back to our brain. And so the gut-brain axis starts to function normally. All of these beautiful things are going on when we're in our rest and digest mode. And the amazing thing about doing a few moments of meditation each day is that the beneficial effects of inducing a relaxation response actually stay with you for most of the day. So it's a very, very powerful intervention that heals your physiology and normalizes your physiology and allows your body to be in balance and function well, basically at the level of every organ system, with the investment of really a few minutes a day, you know, 10 minutes. That is really all that it takes. I know. It's interesting. It's so simple, but it's not easy. And I think this is where people can get a little dejected. Meditation has that pleiotrophic effect of both inducing the rest and digest. So, you know, balancing your parasympathetic system, as well as training your brain to be in the here and now. I use a lovely analogy and it is, it's like training a new puppy. So you've got a new puppy and you know, that's your brain. And so your new puppy is trying, you're trying to teach it to walk with you. And so it wants to run off and sniff every bush it can. It's so excited. It sees a person, it barks, it sees a bush, it runs over to it. You know, we've all done it. And what happens is that every time the puppy runs over to a bush, you just keep bringing it back. And then you walk a bit more and it'll run off to another bush and you just keep bringing it back. And so what happens is, though, we just keep going with this little dog and we keep training it. And every day we take it for a walk and over time it becomes better and better at walking with you and not running off and sniffing all the bushes. But what a lot of people want is for there to be no bushes in the first place. And they think that's the only way they'll be able to manage their stress or to be in the here and now if there's no distractions If there's no other bushes, then I'll be fine. Well, that's not how it works. What we want to do is be able to navigate our way through all the bushes with our little dog, i.e. with our busy brain in our busy world and be able to train it so that you can be present and interestingly focused in the here and now. Yes, it is really doable, and especially if you just take it from the point of view that any meditation is good meditation. It gets easier with time. And even if you sit down for three minutes and you feel like your brain was all over the place, I guarantee it's still beneficial. So consistency is key here. If you get into a regular pattern of it, it is so beneficial. If you get into a regular pattern of active relaxation, everything changes for the better. Absolutely. And you know what, Amaz, I mean, you know, clearly we know the benefit of meditation, relaxation, and we have put together a program, which is a 30-day, it's like a little um, smorgasbord of all the different types of meditation or hypnosis that are available for your body to experience real health and weight loss. Um, So we'll link this in the show notes if people want to have a look at it. We do it every day for 30 days. That's good to establish a practice. And then you can just go back and keep listening to it every day. 
or choose the ones that you like and listen to them on repeat. It is a beautifully restorative, wonderful way to improve your health and weight loss. I'm a seasoned meditator and I still can struggle with consistency at times. But even as a seasoned meditator, I really like listening to recordings, to guided recordings. I just find it useful. It's just a really useful and accessible way. So, yes, I do love our 30-day program and I still listen to those hypnoses quite frequently. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, lovely listeners. Hopefully that's explained again the benefits, the enormous benefits to this process, this meditation or relaxation process, which is accessible, free, doesn't involve medications, isn't going to cause any side effects, won't interact with anything else you're doing. So many benefits and portable because let's be honest, you take your brain wherever you go. (laughs) That's right. And you breathe wherever you go. So it's totally doable anywhere. Absolutely. All right, lovelies. We'll talk to you all later. Bye for now. Bye, guys. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.